Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Country music star Kenny Rogers wrote a song called Blaze of Glory. And he said, let's go out in a blaze of glory. All good things must end. Well, today is a mark of an ending as uh, we say goodbye to our good friend, Greg Mathias. So we'll talk today uh, with my co-host, Greg Mathias, about the end of his time in the Scent Life, what that means for him, what that means for us. And uh, thank you for joining us for the Scent Life. Well, Greg, this is it. Yes, yes, it is. It's not. It's not like the final it, but it no, is. No, we're not going to bury you or anything like that. But this is uh, this is the last podcast that we have you on as a co-host slash guest uh, as we talk to folks uh, about some changes that are happening in your life mm-hmm. and in the life of your family. I was at the Southern Baptist Convention a few weeks ago ran into a guy who had just read the news that you were leaving to go to New Orleans Seminary, and he said, what's going to happen to the scent life? And I said, well, it never did really rest on Greg. That's right, (laughs) which is a good thing. So we're going to keep it going. But Greg, you are about to leave Southeastern. You're going to uh, a new ministry in New Orleans, and uh, you'll be greatly missed. Uh, But before we get all blubbery on on the podcast, just take a minute and talk to us about what God's leading you guys into and... uh, how, how that happened. So so what are you going to do? And talk to us a minute about that. Yeah, so my family and I, we're going to be going down to uh, the great city of New Orleans. Yep. And we're going to be connecting. Uh, I've taken uh, uh, multiple roles uh, down at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, one of our uh, six sister seminaries across the country. And so we'll be joining the faculty there. Uh, I will be a missions professor there and also will be directing their global mission center uh, and uh, trying to really build it uh, in many ways from the ground up. They, they have some uh, things going on there, but trying to give much more cohesiveness and identity. And so it's a great opportunity, right. uh, clearly professionally, uh, but also for my family. I mean, it's a big move. Right. Uh, again, we, uh, we hail from South Carolina and Virginia, which is a far cry from the Gulf Coast. <laughs> uh, but we are excited and grateful to Dr. Jamie Dew, uh, as well as his other uh, leadership down there that uh, saw fit, uh, they have a vision, uh, mm-hmm. a great commission vision, not only for that city, but for this nation and the nations, and uh, reached out. And so we began that conversation. So we'll be transitioning here shortly, uh, although it is bittersweet, as I've told many people, and you know this, Scott, mm-hmm. we talked as well, that it's not so much leaving, although that is taking place, it's really just going to something, right. because Southeastern will always uh, be the place that uh, has grown me up in right. many ways. Right. Yeah, for those who don't know, you know, Greg and I have worked together uh, in the Center for Great Commission Study here at Southeastern for uh, nearly 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, Greg was also a student mm-hmm. uh, at Southeastern, so the long and deep roots uh, in our community. There is a pipeline between here and New Orleans Seminary now, mm-hmm. since uh, Dr. Jamie Dew, who was the dean of our college, has now gone down there as the president. And so uh, that's a great opportunity. Uh, for you to do that. So, Greg, you will be missed. I need to uh, just confess that openly. Uh, people know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can you talk to us just a minute about, you know, when you when you first talked about this, and mm-hmm. it wasn't a surprise, we'd been talking about this for a while. Mm-hmm. When you first came in, there was really this almost somber sense of, you know, you really can't say no mm-hmm. to the call of God on right. your life. 
you know, as we think about uh, the scent life, one of the one of the topics that we deal with regularly here, especially as we talk with students and on the podcast, is discerning God's will, following God's will, and then the importance of God's mission as the thing that shapes our life. And so I thought we would use you as a <laughs> uh, as the uh, foil just to really have a conversation on knowing and following uh, the will of God. So first of all, can you talk to us really quickly about you, Paige, the girls? How would you describe, not just in this um, uh, in this move to New Orleans Seminary, but how would you describe in your life your understanding of God's call, specific call on your life? And then we'll unpack a little bit about how we can learn from, from your journey mm-hmm. uh, to make decisions uh, the rest of us can make decisions. So how would you describe, okay, this is our family calling or this is our right. calling as a couple? Yeah, so I appreciate the question, and this really does kind of highlight that in in my own personal life, also Mm -hmm. in my marriage, Mm -hmm. and even in our family, uh, in making this decision uh, to relocate uh, and to really pick up a new ministry role, uh, a new chapter in our lives. And so part of uh, what I know that I'm called to, uh, that Paige and I are called to, uh, and then I'll talk some about our family as a whole, uh, really is, uh, I could narrow it down to the greats in Scripture. Mm. I mean, you have the great commandment and the great commission, and we really do feel like really since college days, for me personally, uh, some time spent overseas, particularly in the Middle East, uh, really shaped and sharpened and clarified that calling. For Paige and I, spending a season of ministry uh, on college campuses right. and then again in Northern Africa and the Middle East, and then even the reason we initially came uh, to this area and to Southeastern was to be equipped uh, to go reach the lost, to go plant churches uh, among unreached and even unengaged peoples, uh, particularly in the Middle East. And so for us, it, we really have at, at the heartbeat, have always, I've been called to, uh, Paige has been called to, our marriage has been about making Jesus known. And then for our family, Scott, uh, we have a really simple, it's not, uh, it's not overly complicated, but just a simple family mission statement. Hmm. Not that every family has to have one, but we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it simply is this, to be seen and heard for Jesus. Hmm. And so our girls, uh, even if you ask them now, and they range from 19 down to 12 years old, and even if you ask them, they could repeat that. Hmm. And we just talk about what does that mean. And part of that is it's not only on a daily basis, but we have had the conversation over the years, uh, if the Lord was calling us again or relocating us back overseas, would we go? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that yes has, has has wavered a bit as they've gotten older sure. uh, because they're growing up and have their connections. But I would say on the whole, as a family, we've always said we're willing to go wherever the Lord wants us to go and do what he would have us do. And so that has moved us, uh, even in the last few years, to different ministry opportunities in local churches. Right. Uh, And then for us, really, this decision kind of put it to the test. Mm. Uh, As I have girls that uh, one's in college, uh, two now in high school, Mm -hmm. and one in middle school. And so to think about our family relocating from a community that we've been a part of, really, if you put it all together, probably about 20 years. Their whole lives. Yeah, their whole lives. Uh, And then for us, we were we're comfortable in Mm -hmm. some ways and and confident and that those aren't bad things but i think because of what i'm called to what we're called to our family mission statement we said is this an opportunity to be seen and heard for Hmm. jesus in new and significant ways in different communities and even among the nations and we ultimately all said yes right 
That's good. So obviously, some of our listeners are going to be asking questions about, um, you know, how do you how do you know God's will? How do you follow God's call? Well, let's, can we loop back real quick to your family mission statement? This is something we've talked about. You and I've talked about it, but just um, how did you guys arrive at that thing? And how does that? How did you teach your girls? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, some of our listeners right. have their own own children, yeah. and as we as your children get older, our children get older. The idea of moving, changing does become more complicated but when you really have this center focus so talk to us real quick about the family mission statement and how did you come up with it and right. and uh, what can some of our listeners do to really help that as a part of really leading their family to follow God's will yeah that's a great question and let me be the first to say uh, sometimes on a podcast or other uh, aspects, even of social media, uh, we get sound bites and snippets right. and, and glossed over pictures. Let me be the first to say that for myself, uh, for Paige and I, for our family, uh, we we are not a perfect family. We don't do everything right. <laughs> We're still learning what it means to be parents, what it means for me to be a husband, for us to be married. So I want to get that out sure. there. Because sometimes when you hear things on a podcast, oh, family mission statement, you come up with that and then everything goes great. Uh, that's not the case. Yeah. But I think for us, and I don't remember exactly uh, when, the exact timeline of when we came up with this statement, but it's been around our family for quite some time okay. since our children were at least little, very little. Uh, again, for us, it's always been important uh, for us to care for the, the neighbors and community around us and to, with our children, talk about the nations, pray for the nations, and really center that on the gospel. Right. And um, and so I think really as Paige and I talked through, thought through, we, we wanted to be able to kind of have a central idea that we could hang a lot of the values and mm. things we thought were important for us and our girls. Uh, we wanted to hang them on that. And so we came up with this idea of a family mission statement years and years ago. And in terms of how we came up with this really simple, uh, to be seen and heard for Jesus, part of that was we wanted it to be simple. Right. Uh, simpl- Little kids have to have yeah, they phrases, have to right? Yeah, they have to, you know, be able to grab hold of that and grasp it. But it wasn't, it was simple in the way it was stated, but we felt like there was a lot of depth that could be built on even as mm-hmm. they grew older, even as stages and seasons of life change, and that, that's proven to be true. And for us, really, at the heartbeat of our family is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wanted to make that clear. Uh, that's true of us uh, individually, but also together. And then we also knew that uh, our only hope is in Jesus, which is the gospel. Right. And it's not only our hope, it's the hope for every person. Uh, we all will be held accountable one day. Uh, have we uh, trusted in or not trusted in Jesus? And so for us, it was a matter of we wanted to make sure that we always equipped our kids, even at a young age, even before, honestly, they were believers, they weren't going to go out and uh, be missionaries per se because they weren't believers. But they knew they were a part of this family that that loved Jesus and wanted to be about him. And so for us, it was a matter of our whole life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that means being seen. Uh, That means relationally. Right how we respond to one another, whether we're just out doing errands, whatever it is that we want us to at least try to look like a different family than those around us, mm-hmm. uh, and again, centered on Jesus. But it wasn't enough just to be seen, uh, that there has to be words. The good news, mm-hmm. the gospel is a message, right. which means we have to talk about it. Right. And we share the gospel with people that have never heard. We encourage other believers with it. We talk about it as a family. Uh, whoever we come across. And so that was that idea, to be seen and heard for Jesus. 
And for us, we would a lot of times add really no matter where we mm. are. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of what we've done over the years. And we come back to it. What is it? What does that mean? We've asked our girls over the years. So what does that mean for you? Right. What's confusing about that for for my girls? They right. have the opportunity to ask us, mom and dad, what does that mean for you all? Mm. And just talking about how do we live this out? Yeah. And maybe where have we done a poor job right. of being seen and heard right. for Jesus? And we've had to wrestle with that. So that's that's kind of us. And again, it's been something I'll just be real frank. Uh, we don't do it on a daily or weekly basis, but I would say particularly early on, it was pretty consistent. We would talk about, uh, you know, just in passing or at the dinner table or if we had a family meeting, which mm-hmm. we didn't have a lot of those because that's usually <laughs> bad. Uh, but just, hey, what's our, who are we as a mm-hmm. family? Remember what our motto is or our mission statement is, and it was always to be seen and heard for, for Jesus. Jesus. Right, <laughs> right. But it does help shape. And uh, and shape the mm-hmm. the, the decisions yeah. that you need to make, the, mm-hmm. the tenor that you need to strike. So, obviously, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier there are professional opportunities, mm-hmm. and there's moving to right. a, a new place. But for for those who are listening, use your journey. We don't want you to get too personal. Obviously, you don't need to tell everyone else's story. But um, somebody asks, how do you know God's will? I mean, how do you know? Yeah when it's time to move? How do you know God's mm-hmm. calling you to missions, if it's missions to leave from Wake Forest, North Carolina, right. to go to New Orleans, Louisiana, mm-hmm. or if it's to go from somewhere overseas or to a North American place? But talk us through the process you guys went through. Again, we're not asking yeah. for personal confession, but just the process you went mm-hmm. through about knowing God's will and then really having the courage to obey because, mm-hmm. again, taking uh, you're uh, an older family, right. uh, new place, new city, new work. I mean, there's courage. There's mm-hmm. there's risk in this thing. So how do we know how to how to weigh those things out and, and move through that? What did you learn through this process? Yeah, so in terms of the process, in terms of uh, making this decision, which is all connected into how do you know God's will and things of that nature, uh, I say this all the time, and, of course, we had to live it out, and I do think it's true. Part of it is... Uh, first and foremost is understanding who the God is who we're seeking his will. And he is a good father Mm -hmm. who wants to be known and doesn't hide good things from his kids, from his children. And so I firmly believe that. And oftentimes when we come to these larger decisions, uh, sometimes I think we Mm overcomplicate God's will. Now, it doesn't mean there aren't hard decisions uh, and there's not emotion tied into it. And perhaps sometimes it's unclear. uh, But so I think for example, for this opportunity, even for my family, uh, just reminding myself, and then as Paige and I talked and then brought our girls into it, and I'll get to that in just a sure. minute, was understanding that God is good. Uh, he wants the best for us, uh, that he delights in giving good gifts. So I don't have to wrestle with him thinking, you know what, uh, maybe I shouldn't be making this decision. How do I know I'm making the right decision? Part of it was, Lord, this is an opportunity. Mm. Let me lay this before you. And so that's where we really started. And then in terms of the actual process, again, it really came down to, and I will just share one piece. Sure. Uh, Paige and I had the conversation uh, after after uh, Dr. Dew initiated conversation with us uh, later that evening. Uh, Paige and I talked for the first time. And both of us, and we're not um, overly mystical kind of people, if you understand that language. Um, Not that there's an issue with that. That's just not who we are typically in our Mm decision-making and things of that nature. But when I brought this up to uh, Paige, I said, hey, guess who gave me a phone call today? And it literally took her about two seconds. She said, Jamie Dew. 
<laughs> and we hadn't talked about this at all. Earlier that day, both of us individually had just kind of had a sense, some th- other things going on in life that, you know what, we're at a good place in mm. life. <laughs> things we're, are real nice now. Yeah, we're pretty satisfied. Things are going well for the most part in a lot of arenas, uh, personally, professionally, and so on. And we both kind of said this to one another. And then, of course, we had this phone call. Right. That literally has reshaped in really good and positive ways who we are as a family. And so I just share that to say um, we both kind of had that sense, came together, and we realized, but this is still part of God's Hmm. goodness. It wasn't like, uh uh-oh, we're satisfied and things are good. This must not be a good opportunity. Uh, And so as we began to talk and pray about that, uh, what we said was, look, we're called to love the Lord. We're called to love our neighbors. Uh, We're called to share the gospel with people around us, and even if that takes us to the ends of the Mm -hmm. earth. And so we began to ask the question and pray, does this leverage us in maybe some more different ways and even some maybe more significant ways for our family to do those types of things? And so Paige and I began to pray. We began to think, yes, possibly this could be the case, but what about our kids? Okay. What about our girls? And because there is a stage difference, right? I mean, there you have, is. You have young children right. versus older children. How you process as a yeah. family making a decision? Yeah, and we say this all the time that parenting is always difficult in every stage. It's just very different. Right. When kids are young, uh, really, they do wherever mom and dad are. They they're just a part of mom and dad's world. As kids get older, one of the jobs of parents is to. Uh, increasingly be involved in your kids' world in, in healthy ways. And so we said, you know what? Our kids have all professed faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've uh, followed the Lord in baptism. Mm-hmm. And so they're old enough to uh, walk with the Lord and hear from Him uh, through His Word and through prayer mm-hmm. and through counsel. Uh, but also our kids are old enough just to have opinions yep. about life and what they want to do. So we said— And they matter. Right. They I mean, matter significantly. Opinions, right? And so for Paige and I, part of our decision-making process and even seeking God's will was, this is a barometer. Mm -hmm. What do our kids think? Are they open at all? Are they closed off? And we want them to be a part of praying for and being a part of making a final decision. This isn't just a parent's thing. And so we invited them early on. And I will just say this, Scott, um, you don't get a lot of snapshots sometimes into your family. uh, And and, uh, family life is difficult, Mm -hmm. uh, believe me. Right. But I think as we brought our kids into that initial conversation of this is an opportunity, what do you think? They had wet eyes, mm-hmm. uh, all the emotions, sure. but, but to, a, to a girl, all of them said essentially, well, we've always said we're a missionary family. Yeah. We've always said that we want to be seen and heard for Jesus no matter what, no matter where. If that's really true of us, then I think we all need to be open to this. Wow. And I'll just say it took Paige and I aback a little hmm. because although we were saying we were open and trusting our good father, there was a piece of us like we've been here for a while. We like where we are. Hmm. But to have your kids kind of affirm some of the things you, you've hopefully invested in them, but for them to say, no, we're open, even though it means in some ways a bigger loss for sure. them. Sure. Uh, that really moved us forward significantly hmm. in in considering and being open to making a decision yeah. to leave. So did your girls actually revisit this family mission statement in the conversation? Did they did they talk about it? Yeah, I, you know, to be fair, I don't know that they uh, trotted out word for word, let's be seen and heard for Jesus, but they really did say, we've always said mm-hmm. uh, that we're about Jesus and that we're a missionary mm-hmm. family. 
and that wherever we are, uh, we want to be about the things of Jesus. Right. And so because of those things, yes, this seems to be that type of opportunity, not only for you, Dad, mm -hmm. but also for the whole family that we we can be used significantly in some new ways. And so they really did kind of circle around that idea. And so as a dad, uh, it's, it's one of those moments. Yeah, it's just encouraging, and it'll hopefully that's what I'll reflect on with the next challenge that comes with yeah, raising well. kids. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary exists to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, we offer over 40 degrees, ranging from a Bachelor of Arts to a Doctor of Philosophy. The Master of Divinity is Southeastern's flagship degree for anyone seeking to be thoroughly equipped to serve their local church through a variety of ways. Since 1950, Southeastern has grown its student body to more than 5,000 students who seek to minister in the U.S. and around the world. We believe that theological education is more than just building knowledge. It's about becoming who God has called you to be. No matter how God is calling you to serve, Southeastern will come alongside you and help you to grow in your faith and go to reach the lost. If you're interested in learning more, check out sebts.edu to find out how God might be calling you to go next. Use the code THESENTLIFE, all caps, no spaces, and Southeastern will waive your application fee. So, um, uh, as we think about following God's mm -hmm. call, we've got, okay, we set the trajectory uh, in our family priorities. We prioritize the Lord, our spiritual growth, family mission statement. Then there's this season of, of wrestling mm -hmm. in prayer, getting counsel, working through those. Then there's this next step that you're in right now, and that is uh, kind of this act of faith. Mm -hmm. As you follow God's will in yeah. your life, you really are stepping out into not just not complete unknown, but there really is a measure of mm -hmm. faith. Talk to yeah. us about how you view your next season of life mm -hmm. in the fact that you know you don't have promises of how things are going to work out, right? right? Yeah. And I think one thing that stops us from being obedient to God is this idea of, mm. I just don't know where the journey is going to end. Right. It's like every day needs to be new. So how are you and Paige yeah. and the girls approaching yeah. Uh, with a sense of faith, expectation, yeah. uh, as you look at uh, the next season of your life? Yeah, well, part of that is is just being realistic. Yep. Uh, we understand that the Lord has promised that He is good, uh, but it doesn't mean that circumstances are always good. It doesn't mean that uh, just because we have uh, committed this decision to Him and we would sense from counsel, from uh, the Lord, uh, from one another, that we're being obedient to do uh, this, that doesn't mean there won't be challenges. It will be and, hard. That's right. and part of that is I, I, I look back to, and I remember this years and years ago when I was uh, early in ministry, looking at the Great Commission with mm -hmm. one of my mentors at the time, and we talked about how even in the Great Commission at the end of Matthew, that th the promise there is nothing to do with spiritual fruit. Mm. Uh, the promise really is, it doesn't mean that if you go out in faith and if you're obedient and you share the gospel uh, and you look to make disciples, that you will see people trust Christ, mm -hmm. that you will make a bunch of disciples. Now, we know that the more you do those things, 
it's weird right. how it works out that right. you do see people right. trust Christ and you see disciples made. But the promise there is not for fruit, but we are called to be obedient. Mm. We are called to walk, but the promise is the presence of mm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. The promise is his goodness and faithfulness to us, even in the midst of unknown circumstances and, and things that are coming uh, in the future. And so I really hold on to that, sure. uh, that as we look to this next season, uh, Scott, you know this about me, that I like to operate, uh, and I mean that in the best sense of the word, but I like to go about life and ministry through relationships. Mm-hmm. And to be real honest, I'm an unknown commodity right. uh, with not a lot of relationships. And so that's a loss for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also professionally, I've got to work on those. And so there's some, there's still a little bit of what I call buyer's remorse. Sure with any decision like right. this. Uh, but as I've said to others, that oftentimes when we make a decision to follow God, uh, we will have buyer's remorse. Yeah. That doesn't mean you've made a bad decision. That just means we're emotional people, right. and our, we can't live life based upon how we feel in the Good. day. So we're excited about it, but there are days where we were like, huh, this is a big decision. Should right. we have done this? Right. But as we look forward, we know God's as good in New Orleans as he is here as he is around the world, and so we trust in him. Uh, this gives us an opportunity to continue to do the things he has called us to, not only as sons and daughters of him, but also as a family. Uh, and it's a real opportunity to, to continue to walk out what the Lord has given me in some formal settings, but also outside of that to train and equip and really mobilize others uh, towards the nations. And so as we look to that, we realize there are going to be hard days, there are going to be good days, there are going to be challenges, and we've talked about all of that as a family, prayed about that, and we're also giving ourselves some space. Mm. We realize that we may not feel completely, quote-unquote, at home, uh, or we may not feel completely like this is the best decision 1,000%. It might not feel that way for years, yeah. but Again, what we can rely on is that the Lord is still with us. Mm. He is still good. Uh, he has still called us to these things, and we can uh, still live life fully before him. And so that's kind of the things that we have reminded one another mm-hmm. of. And I just this morning, uh, I said, Lord, I have a lot of worries and anxiety. I'm giving those to you, and uh, you have said, don't worry about tomorrow, and so I'm I'm laying all that to you. Let me just worry about the day at hand. And I just kind of repeat that to myself each and every day. (laughs) Well, I understand that. So, look, I appreciate you you sharing this story with us. Obviously, you'll be missed. Mm -hmm. This is a kind of a long, you're in kind of a long season of goodbyes as you separate uh, from here to go to the new area that God's sent you. And um, so, but I appreciate you being, taking time and and being vulnerable, open with, with us here, our listeners. You know, part of part of being on mission with God is knowing that God is on the move, and that often means that His children need to move, relocate, change, adjust along the way. It's never easy. It's always it always brings its own share of complications. Maybe you don't have teenage children, and maybe you're not moving from uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, to to New Orleans, Louisiana. But there there are always these moments. It could be an internal move, an external move, and so we hope that today uh, that this discussion has been an encouragement and help to you. Uh, as you think about what God's calling you uh, into in your life. And Greg, we appreciate you, obviously, personally appreciate Mm -hmm. the years you and I have been together, but also the time that we've been on this podcast and appreciate you taking time today. I'll give you the opportunity to 
send yourself off and uh, 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 be kind of the last word on the scent life. Uh, your last time as a co-host. The next time we have you here, you'll be a, I guess, have to be a guest. And I do hope uh, I'm here as a guest, uh, not just one time, but multiple times. And let me just say this, one of the greatest privileges and joys of my life has been uh, living, uh, working alongside of you, Scott, mm-hmm. uh, and your family, but also the opportunities of not only study, uh, but ministry and mobilization here at Southeastern. Uh, I I could go down a list of names from Dr. Aiken to Dr. Whitfield and many others, but uh, it really has been a part of making me and my family who I am and who we are, and uh, we look forward to uh, building uh, more healthy sending pipelines yep. uh, to the nations, even down in New Orleans. And, and I will say this, uh, one of the things uh, I know our listeners have probably heard, but you and I say all the time to students, uh, I say to those around me is that we really do need to always have our yes Uh, available and then just ask the Lord you put it somewhere on the map and so I can't say and Mm. teach those things if I'm not willing to do that and so uh, this is our my family's yes and the Lord has put the pen on the map in New Orleans but again that's just a springboard to the nations so although we look forward to that uh, it is bittersweet Uh, and so I will just say that the Lord is faithful if you're in the midst of decision making right now for you or for your family particularly as it comes to taking the gospel somewhere, I would just say this, even if you don't have all of the details or all of the answers, God is good, God is faithful, and at the end of our lives, we can cling to that, and what God calls us to is just to trust Him and walk with Him. Uh, And so that's what we're doing as a family. Uh, Again, appreciate everything, not only here at Southeastern, have loved being a part of the Scent Life. To you listeners, thank you. Uh, for your kindness and grace over the last couple of seasons. And I know the scent life will continue on and in some ways be bigger and better. Uh, but again, thank you. Thank you, Scent Life. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, particularly Scott uh, and others. And until next time, when I'm on as a guest, thank you. <laughs> and uh, yes, we'll see you from New Orleans. 